1: Chalk Talk podcast. This is our our second episode of the evening that we're recording. Uh, those of you that listened to the basketball episode first knew that this one was coming. Um, once again, I am your host, Andy Mitz. I'm joined today by Mike Plank. How are you doing tonight, Mike?
0: I'm doing pretty good, Andy, but I'd prefer if you would uh, refer to me as RCT's football expert or inside, insider. RCT's football insider, Mike Plank. F- football
1: insider and fanatic, Mike Plank. Right. Makes <laughs> sound more important. There, okay. Okay. That that will be your official title from now on. How How's that? <laughs> Sounds good. <laughs> All right. So uh, obviously today being uh, Wednesday, the seventh of February, with National Signing Day, uh, a little bit watered down compared to previous years, just because we had the early signing period. So. Um, but, Kate, okay, you still did manage to, to sign a few players today. I believe there was a total of five we signed, including one surprise signing. Uh, the second straight year that we had a surprise signing on signing day that we had no clue was coming. So um, let's go ahead and start out uh, just by kind of recapping the class. I know we, we had a podcast a little while back where we talked about the the, the early signing period um, and, and who all we got there. But um, you actually put an article up on the site today that was talking about, the kind of just recapping what we had, talking about who we were expecting to get. Um, is, was there anybody that that signed today specifically that really jumps out to you as as a guy that that fills a particular need that we had, or is um, you know kind of gives us some sort of reason for optimism after the uh, the kind of pessimistic view we had last time?
0: Well, all of the guys that signed today, about the only one that you can even kind of get excited about is the surprise signing, and the kid we're talking about is. His name is Kenny Bastida. I, I don't know if I pronounced that right. Um, out of Florida, a prep linebacker, three stars. Uh, but had a very impressive offer list, though. Uh, but the thing is, is, I mean, we're we're pretty set at linebacker for 2018. Uh, you know, Deneen's going to be back and Loniker's going to be back and a bunch of other guys who spelled them are going to be back. Um, you know, Ogbibor and uh, Drew Prox and – And uh, Kyron Johnson, those guys are all going to be bad. So the linebacker core is actually pretty loaded for Kansas for 2018. Um, So, I mean, if if this kid is going to see the field, he's going to be a stud. Um, I I do think maybe he'll see some special teams action, um, just kind of based on, you know, his size and and his offer sheet. But uh, I don't don't know that we should expect him to see, uh, see him in a linebacker position in 2018. Uh, but you know, as, as for the class as a whole, uh, we've already talked about most of these guys, I guess. Um, it, it just seems, you know, half of the class or more has offer sheets from Sunbelt and max schools. There are right. a couple of guys to get excited about, you know, Corey on Harris, obviously, you know, he's first ever top 100 recruit. Um, Anthony Williams, uh, was a top 200 recruit Puka Williams, uh, and a Louisiana state player of the year. Um, and, you know, outside of that, I don't know that any of these guys are going to contribute right away. Um, the class is real heavy on defense. Uh, there's four offensive linemen in it. Uh, I mean, the jacks only signed four offensive players total, um, and two of those were quarterbacks. So yeah. I don't know. I I mean, yeah, I was definitely surprised. There's just not a lot to look
1: forward to, I guess. Yeah, I mean, given the fact that. You know the offense is the the part of the team that completely fell off a cliff last year. I was expecting there to be at least a few more offensive signings. Um, you know, and and looking at you know the, there was two QBs that got signed: Miles Kendrick, uh, a, a JUCO transfer coming out of San Jose, um, and then Terry or I'm sorry, Tori Locklin. Uh, who who is a, a prep player. His other offers were from New Mexico state and Georgia Southern coming out of Texas. He's a, he's a three-star on two, four, seven and a two-star on rivals. You know, n- neither of these guys really seems to be an automatic, you know, this is a guy that you're really looking at um, to, to, to step in and start playing. I mean, there's a lot of question marks at the QB position and the hope was that maybe Kansas would try to go and find someone. Now, the big story when, when Lachlan committed was, you know, he's, he's a two-star guy out of the middle of Texas, um, you know, kind of sounds fairly similar to a guy like Todd Riesing. Um, You know, we, we, we kind of had that discussion a little bit, that it's, it's obviously extremely optimistic to think that this coaching staff can get anything out of him. Like Mangino got out of Reising. So, um, but you know, I mean, just the fact that, right, we, we focus so much on defense, which supposedly was, going to be the strength of our team last year, you know, coming off the year before where the defense was supposed to be good. Um, You know, we, we, we definitely need to have defensive guys Brought in uh, to kind of replace some of the guys we're leaving, and and you know the the other big news, obviously, being that uh, Dorrance Armstrong had, has declared for the draft since the last time that we talked about football. So okay. um, there there is a hole there on defensive line. We do have a lot of defensive linemen in this class. I'm not sure we can really expect any of them to kind of step in and, and fill, uh, you know, that those those kind of shoes. Not that you would expect a freshman to anyway, but. You know, I'm not I'm not sure how you can say that the line does anything but take a step back this year. Um,
0: well, you know, um, let, let me address two things real quick. Um, Torrey Lockland, for one, yeah, he's committed that his paperwork didn't come through today. So he's not signed yet. Oh, yeah, um, I, I missed um, least, that. Yeah, at least from what I can tell. And then the other thing is that we signed four offensive linemen in this class. Only one of them is a JUCO player. But if you look at our depth chart from last year, we only had two seniors on the offensive line too deep, and only one of them was a starter. So we're returning most of our offensive line from last year, too. Now, whether that's a good thing or a bad thing, you can argue about. The offensive line was atrocious last year. Uh, But the only starter we're losing is Zach Hannon, and he transferred in from Nebraska. So, uh, you know, Adeniji is going to be back. Andrew Tovey is going to be back. Mesa Liberty is going to be back. Uh, Chris Hughes and Larry Hughes are going to be back. Antoine Frazier is going to be back. All those guys, Jason Rose is going to be back. All those guys saw extensive playing because they kept subbing them in, in and out. All those guys saw extensive playing time. So I actually like the offensive line recruits here. I know that I, you know, that might sound kind of weird based on <laughs> the way I've been writing some of these articles, but actually we, you know, three, prep three-star offensive line recruits uh one of them over 300 pounds already like uh you know these guys can redshirt and and bulk up and and give it a go here in a couple years and hopefully we'll have some depth at the offensive line and can get some stability there uh but so i actually like that part of our recruiting class
1: yeah yeah i i did notice there's yeah those four offensive linemen so yeah you know, and and I think that was kind of our big issue last year on the offense when it all kind of went to pieces was that the offensive line just finally gave out. Um, getting getting some good continuity there will hopefully help that to improve. Um, and, you know, these guys should be good to, to kind of rotate in and out as needed to kind of shore up any, any deficiencies we do have. So hopefully we can get something out of them. You know, unfortunately, as we've been talking about, I just don't know – that I trust the staff to get what we would normally expect to get out of these kind of guys, um you know I mean like one of these guys nick Nick williams he's six seven two hundred sixty seven pounds so big guy and had offers from Illinois from Minnesota from central Florida you know so so from some decent teams, so it's not like he's you know a, a small guy that nobody really cared about um you know we potentially are gonna gonna have some decent guys here that had some good offers, so um, hopefully. You know, I we we keep saying, don't really have a lot of optimism as to what Beatty can do with this class, but I, I sure hope that we're wrong, that they can actually get something and develop these guys and we can actually talk about a semi successful Kansas season of at least a few wins. So all right, um any other any other thoughts on the class as a whole? I know it was kinda of underwhelming because most of this class was signed previously. And like you said, yeah, I'm only seeing confirmation that we had three people that that sent in their paperwork today. Um obviously being our surprise signing and then uh let's see Ruben Lewis and Ryan Marlborough are the only two that were uh, of the four that we were expecting to sign today. Only two of them did. So and and right. and you know defensive end Miles Emery uh he's he's a he's a Kansas commit but he had I believe offers from Oklahoma um and then one other school, and I forget which one it is,
0: but he isn't uh, Louisville and Iowa State. Oh, there we go. And he, he, he's actually the number two ranked player in the state of Kansas. And I don't know; I haven't heard why he didn't sign. I don't know if it's, I don't know if it's grades. I don't know if he's just hasn't made a decision. I don't know what it is. So So yeah. um, I mean, that'd be something for you know Jayhawk fan or somebody to figure out. But I, I don't know what's going on there.
1: Yeah, un- unfortunately, I think we were all kind of hoping that he would uh, commit. You know, just so we can have that kind of wrap. wait, hold on, hold on. Oh, this is, this must be, hold on just a sec, because I'm looking here and it says that he signed, but that says of 6 2017. So something, something's going on here that this isn't updated correctly on Rivals. So, mm, um, yeah. yeah, yeah, it's showing, it's showing that he, uh, that that says the re- verbal oh it does it says it says committed and then up above it says signed for some reason so i'm not really, really sure what's going on there uh yeah i don't know good old good old technology here but anyway <laughs> but anyway so let's uh yeah so uh, i mean I, I guess at this point we, we we did go ahead and put out a, a call for questions out on twitter and we did get a few um you know i think the rest of the kind of points that i want to talk about are things that people asked about so we'll go ahead and jump right in um, the first one being, you know, we've, we've, we've talked a bunch about how Beatty has signed a, a lot of Juco players. Um, so the first one, it's uh, via at fitzdaddy 85 It says, do you think the Juco route will work for Beatty? And mm-hmm. I know you kind of editorialized about this in our, in our breakdown of the class today. Um, you know, but, do you, I mean, do you think that this is a strategy that could work for Beatty? Um, you know, I, I know we've, we've seen it with Charlie Weiss in the past. And it, it obviously didn't work out very well there, but um, you know, obviously, j- j- just because it didn't work out one time doesn't mean it's not possible that, that Beatty could get it to work. I mean, do, do you think this is something that maybe he can find some sort of traction with?
0: Well, I honestly no. I hope I'm wrong. I do. I want Beatty, I don't. I want David Beatty to succeed. I really do. But he hasn't done it yet. He hasn't shown us anything. Um. You know, in terms of uh, program development or on, especially on the field results, um, that th- he's capable of building and developing a program. Uh, and then the class that, that they're referring to, I think, in this question is the the Charlie Weiss 2013 class, right? Um, yeah, yeah. and
1: there's actually a separate question about that. Um, that 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 actually came across today when we asked for more questions. I was going to jump oh, okay. to that in a minute. Um but just, I mean, in, in general, it, you know, it doesn't seem the, – the JUCOs that we have signed haven't really seemed to work out. Um, you know, I, I don't know that it's reasonable to expect that it's going to be any different. But then, since you went ahead and brought it up, I uh, will we'll go ahead and read that question as well because these yeah. are, are definitely related. It's via uh, – it's from – at Sammy Ingleson. Is there any reason to think that this JUCO heavy class will work out any better than the Dream Team signed by Weiss? Um, you know, and, and I believe I'm trying to remember who it was, but the one, one of the defensive backs that signed kept talking about how he was going to bring a bunch of people with him and it was going to be the dream team. And they were going to turn Kansas football around. Uh, I, the name is escaping me, but yeah, they, that they, was
0: the class. Yeah, that was the, I'm looking at it now. The 2013 class we had, we had Chris Martin. We had Rodriguez Coleman. We had Kevin shorts, uh, Markel Combs, uh, Cassius Sindish. Um, Dexter McDonald, Marcus Jenkins, Moore, Andrew Bolton—all those guys were, you know, top what, twenty-five JUCO recruits. Right. And and only one of them, I think, ever played it down for KU. Cassius Sendish. Uh,
1: Sendish did. Yeah. And Mc, I I thought McDonald did too.
0: Oh McDonald, yeah, you're right. You're and right. then
1: and then I think there was one other one, but he wasn't really a a big, you know, right. he, he didn't yeah. end up playing. A lot and making a, a big impact, but he was definitely. I mean, so, so we had a few guys, but yeah, most of those guys, you know, flamed out pretty quickly. Um, you know, kind of, kind of to that point. And, and, and I did promise, um, you know, and in response to that, that you know, I, I agree. I don't think this will work out any better than it did for White. Um, but mm-hmm. and an interesting point to this, and this is actually something that, that Fetch retweeted from the Rock Talk Talk account on Twitter. It was an article by Matt Galloway. Um, you know, talking about how David Beatty insisted that this isn't anything like that. And, you know, there is kind of a, a few points that he makes there that I think are definitely worth noting, um, you know, that can kind of give us a little bit more optimism and thinking that potentially, uh, you know, we, we may see something effective out of this. It's uh, over on this on, on CJ, CJ Online. Um, again, it's, it's written by Matt Galloway, um, you know, Obviously David Beatty has heard all the criticism uh from, from pretty much everybody and he was ready with a bunch of stats about this. Um, you know, so he's saying this uh you know, it it talks about how there's eleven junior college transfers and one graduate transfer of, of the twenty six players that we got. Um and so everybody is kinda thinking that this is just like with, with Charlie Weiss. But he basically said, you know, um, you know, that that it's a lie that that uh having all these junior college guys are going to perpetuate that problem and get us back to where we were. Um, He he does make some good points. You know, we have quite a few of these guys have three years of eligibility left or, you know, four years to get three years in. So, um, you know, there is, there is the potential for a lot of these guys to make more of an impact than you typically see from JUCO guys, just because they have that extra year of eligibility, which is, which is a great thing going for them. The other thing too is, you know, Charlie Weiss was, for for all the talk about how he shored up all the academic and, you know, made sure people actually went to classes and did things like that, he signed a lot of people that had academic eligibility issues coming in. You know, either there was questions about their high school transcripts and they weren't able to play immediately, and so they had problems at their first school and he took them on as transfers. Um you know, or they had to go to the Juco route because of academics, and then he took them on at that point. Um, you know, or he just had a bunch of guys that had a bunch of questionable character issues coming in that he was willing to give a second chance because of how talented they were. You know, the one thing you can say about David Beatty is that all the guys he's brought in have at least played or are on track to play. And this was a point that he made here. You know, the only two guys... Uh, the only two players that he has signed as a JUCO transfer that have not played or are, you know, or red-shirted last year with the anticipation of playing this year um, is two guys that had their career end because of medical issues. So it's not like we're, we're on the same track of, you know, we're bringing in a bunch of questionable guys, giving them an opportunity and hoping that we can score a home run with them. We're bringing in what should be solid guys – that you can kind of build a, a stopgap program out of until you can get in a bunch of prep guys, that you can you know build the long term program from. Um, we just haven't seen the results on the field. So if there is any reason to think that maybe this might work when it hasn't in the past, it's the fact that we are getting guys that have that extra eligibility, and we're getting guys that are actually able to make it to the field. Um, so, you know, so there is at least a chance that we can get something productive out of them. Now, granted there's no guarantee given the way that this class or this coaching staff has shown they can develop talent to really think that we're going to get that potential out of them. Um, But I mean, do you, do you agree with with that assessment there that at least we have an opportunity there or, you know, are we, are we so hampered by the what seems to be the X's and O's deficiencies of this staff that it's not really going to matter even if we get these guys on the field?
0: I mean, I, I get, and just, so you're aware, I guess, uh Jesse Newell wrote a similar article based on David Beatty's quotes, um, at the Kansas City Star. Um but I, I've read both of those pieces. Um uh, and, and I get the what he's trying to say there, that you know, he he's recruiting the right character guys and and that it, it's better if the guys qualified out of high school and then chose to go to JUCO instead of going to a four year college somewhere, which which they would have been qualified for. But I, I just, I, I guess I just don't see how that makes a difference. <laughs> um, and and a couple of other stats that you know kind of get thrown back at him. You know, yet this depending on where you look, this class is ranked in the top fifty or sixty or seventy ish. So you know, around the middle tier, I guess you'd say of college football. Well, last time KU was ranked that high in recruiting was guess what, twenty thirteen. Um, and and all of the guys that Weiss recruited had offers from wherever they wanted to go. I mean, they could have gone to Alabama. They could have gone to Oklahoma. They could have gone to USC. They could have gone anywhere, and those schools would have taken them. Um, and you know, obviously, I don't know what he would have done at that point, but probably just taken different JUCOs. <laughs> <laughs> right. but, uh, uh, I, I just I kind of wonder if Beatty's definition of uh, of success is the same as ours. Like when, when I think of, you know, the process is working and we're being successful, I think of wins. I don't think of, Oh, Hey, the guy is going to class and, and, and is on the too deep and is playing in games. Like that's, that's not success to me. I mean, compared to the Charlie Weiss era, it's success, but you know, and so I, I think I do kind of feel the way that you do, like success is, production on the field in in terms of of wins and or or at least not losing by 40 to you know mac teams um I just I, I I just don't think it'll make a difference with the current staff
1: yeah and and actually looking at at Jesse Neal's article now um he he gets the money quote here at the end because um Beatty was asked if you know 2018 is going to produce better results and and, um, you know, <laughs> we had quite a few of these during the during our, our previous episodes during the football season um, where Beatty says something that sounds really good at first but then completely shoots himself in the foot. He says, we had a very, very precise plan for how we were going to add personnel, and we followed that plan, Beatty said. And we know it works because we've been using it since we got here, which, you know, it's <laughs> given the results that we've had since they got here – I don't know that you can say following the same plan that you've been following since you got here is any reason to think we're going to be successful going forward.
0: So yeah, it's like, yeah, what's the definition of works or working there in in the context of the youth? Like it doesn't make any sense when you start to think about it.
1: Right. Yeah. So the other, the other thing that kind of jumped out to me, and it it was actually another one of our questions um, that we had gotten last week when we originally asked, and we're going to do this, the kind of preview it was via, uh, it's Nike, it looks like Nike Soccer O three and I K E S V C R O three. Why haven't we gotten many recruits from Texas in this recruiting class? And you know that that's kind of been a big, a big criticism of uh, Beatty, the fact that he was you know the main reason he was hired was because he had all these Texas recruiting ties, and yet we for yet another year don't really have very many people at all uh, that are coming out of Texas. We only have one signing. Well, I think it was one signee out of Texas before, before we actually got uh, to today. I think there might be two now, but um, either uh, way, yeah,
0: there, there's there's two, but one of them is the quarterback who hasn't signed yet. So. Oh, okay,
1: there there we go. So yeah, so yeah. only one officially. Uh, another ahead. one that we potentially would have, but but yeah, um, you know, just looking at the list of who we have it's It's absolutely kind of ridiculous that we don't have very many people out of Texas at all, and that's like the main reason Beatty was brought in because that's where the pipeline of talent is supposed to be coming from so um you know i mean I don't know that I can really answer the question of why we haven't gotten many recruits I think i i mean I, I almost have to say that I think part of it is that you know Beatty has done everything he can to try to to talk up the program, but you know i don't I don't know that people. And it's hard to say what's in the mind of a lot of these recruits or or even their parents who may be influencing the decision um but you know the only thing that that makes sense to me at this point is that is that while everybody knows he's a he's a he's a good motivator and he's good at like setting the you know the tone of the program um there's gotta be some uh i guess doubt from these players that are in Texas that he's going to be able to get them to where they need to go. You know, players that play football in the state of Texas expect to go to a program that can help develop them and give them an opportunity to play in the NFL. You know, even these, even these three, two or three star guys expect to be able to get to a place where they can find a good coach, and they can potentially get you know drafted late in the draft or be an unsigned free agent, and actually, or I'm sorry, an undrafted free agent, and have an opportunity to have to play in the league, you know. And, and Beatty has not shown anything like that. Being from Texas, he should he should understand that pretty well. And and I just there's nothing in his track record that gives these guys that confidence. You know, I know a few people that that came from there, and they, you know regardless of how good or how highly rated you are in Texas, everybody that plays football in Texas expects the opportunity to be able to play in the league at some point. Um, and coming to a program like Kansas, I mean, I, I, I could see a guy, you know, I think this will be a perfect lit, lit, litmus test for us is looking at the NFL draft this year, a guy like Dorrance Armstrong, who, you know, had, if he was able to come out last year would have been far and away uh, the best shot that Kansas has of getting a you know a late first rounder or even an early second rounder draft pick, um, but the kind of year he had this year, you know, there's talk he may he may end up dropping. If he has a, goes out and has a a great combine, maybe there's a chance that he could you know sneak into the second or third round, um, in into that second day. But I don't think anyone really expects him to go anywhere, and you know, so he he completely wasted all of that potential, not by his own doing, but just by the fact he was in a system that wasn't able to showcase his talent. You know, if, if you have a guy that's that talented with that, you know, that well thought of of a player and in one year it got completely undone just by the schemes that babies had and, and how poorly the defense played, you know, how how can you, you honestly as a recruit think that he's going to be able to get you to where you want to go? Um, you know, so I, I think, I think part of that is just Texas itself, like the attitudes there, what people, realistically expect even if it's not actually realistic and and part of that's just you know how poorly this these results have have reflected on the program and his, and his ability to get those recruits to where they want to be
0: i mean I, I didn't really think about it like that but i, I suppose you, there could be something to that um i mean they to be completely honest with the with the question i i don't know um uh, there i i don't know if I don't know if it's just a change in recruiting strategy or if it's because I, I, I think it's probably at least partially that, you know, with uh um what's the guy re, re, Tony Hole recruiting New Orleans so hard in Louisiana? Uh, maybe they've shifted their focus from Texas to Louisiana and that's why. Wow. Maybe maybe Beatty's contacts have dried up. Maybe he's burned some bridges somewhere that we're not aware of. Maybe High school coaches don't trust him with their kids anymore. I don't know what it is uh but i think i think it's got to be at least um at least partially uh you know the results on the field nobody wants to go play for a loser and uh you know probably probably a change in uh re- recruiting uh emphasis on recruiting style
1: yeah i mean and and i think shout out here to uh Reed herzig. At, at Reed Herzig, he gave us a bunch of information um, that kind of, I think, makes me think it wasn't that we just stopped focusing on Texas so much. We actually gave 64 offers out to kids from Texas for 2018. There was only 26 that were given out to kids from Louisiana and 20 from California. Like, those are the only ones that were 20 or more. Um you know so it's not like we weren't trying to recruit people in Texas i don't know maybe if they just were sending them the wrong kind of kids that were never likely to pick kansas um which that would you know kind of lean towards a well then a, an un, a, a misestimation of of you know how competitive they could be in recruiting down there um or if it's, you know, something was wrong with the pitch or that maybe they made offers to guys and ended up pulling them at some point. I mean, that could potentially be it. But it doesn't seem like they stopped really trying to recruit England in Texas. It just seems like, you know, they offered sixty four different kids and only one of them decided to come from Texas. So it's it's a little a little surprising that there was such a low rate of people accepting offers. Um but, you know, part of that too may just be that there was you know, there was there was more exposure to some of those guys um you know we we only ended up getting two guys overall from louisiana so it's not like you know even though we put 26 offers out there in louisiana like we had a a ton more success um but yeah i just I, I don't really know how to explain it i um you know i wish i wish that i had an explanation for it but all right so i guess you know really the only thing left to do at this point talking about football is um you know i mean uh, are you are you optimistic at all that we're going to get any kind of progress at all um based off of this class or based off of you know anything that we heard in the last couple months for s- surrounding the program
0: um i am not optimistic at all for the 2018 season there and i haven't started analyzing it yet I mean, we, we were, and Beatty said this in some of his postseason press conferences, you know, we were one of the youngest teams in college football. We're returning a ridiculous number of people off of our two deep. We only had 15 seniors last year, um, and we're not losing a lot of starters. Uh, uh, so there are reasons for optimism. You know, there's a new offensive line coach, and there's a new, uh, what, secondaries coach or something, whatever Bill Miller was come brought in to do. And So there are some things that you could point to and say, well, maybe this will be better, maybe that will be better, whatever. But talking about the recruiting class first, to me the 11 junior college transfers in this recruiting class is the staff publicly admitting that they can't develop high school talent. You know, this is their third class or fourth class. Like they should have sophomores, juniors ready to step in on the too deep and, and for and, and and produce, but instead they're trying to plug these holes with all of these junior college transfer players. Uh, so to me, it's a, it's an un, kind of like what Jesse Newell wrote. It's an indictment on the staff that they can't develop high school talent. Uh, and it, additionally, the team as a whole, you know, they couldn't get quarterback right last year. How are they going to get anything else right in twenty yeah. eighteen? You know, unless they learn from that experience and. And you know maybe Carter Stanley won't break his hand in the off season this year. I don't know. Um, yeah, but yeah. I, I mean the, the, the there's not <laughs> there's not a lot of reason for optimism. You know the Big Twelve is still going to be loaded. Um, you know we've got what Rutgers coming to Lawrence. We go to Central Michigan, which I mean we haven't won a road game since two
1: thousand um, and nine. Unfortunately, yeah, yeah.
0: And then uh, you want to talk season zero? There's a very serious possibility this team goes zero and twelve next year. Nichols State is not is not a pushover. Uh, they finished number twenty three in FCS last year. Uh, they lost in the first round of the FCS playoffs. They uh, earlier in the year they lost at Texas A and M by ten points. Um, they I looked this up earlier today. They're returning their starting quarterback. Their four top rushers. Four of their five top receivers, their two sack leaders, and their seven tackle leaders—like uh, they're, they're returning most of their team too. And that team nearly beat Texas A&M last year. And what would Texas A&M have done to Kansas last year? I mean, it
1: oh, would yeah, no.
0: I, I honestly, and, and I know it's hard to—it's hard to do the you know the comparative scores game. Like it's not really something you can do. But I, I mean, Nichols State is good. If they overlook them, they're going to get beat if they get beat they're
1: going on in 12 oh yeah no and and honestly like if they actually put a line on that game which i don't believe they do if it's fcs and fbs um i would fully expect kansas to be an underdog in that game like i mean that's just the way it is um yeah so i i'm not i am not nearly uh, or I'm not anywhere op- optimistic about this team at all either. Um, you know, I'm going to have to see quite a bit. And I, unfortunately, I've been fooled so many times by, you know, the, the reports coming out of camp. Um, I'm going to have to actually see them win a couple games next year before I even start to think that they're going to have an opportunity to win. Any. So, uh, yeah, I wouldn't be surprised to see them drop that game against Nickel State and then, you know, continue that momentum. Um, down into an O and twelve season where we'll hopefully finally get to the opportunity to start again that we should have had this year. So I really hope that I'm wrong because I really want yeah. oh, no. yeah. to have a good team to root I for. So all right, well let, let's go ahead and finish this up on a, on a positive note. There's a there, there's a program called it's called Go Team Impact. Um, they they actually are um very similar to, to some of these like like make a wish foundation and things like that. Um they help kids that have serious or, or terminal illnesses get connected with um or I'm sorry, serious or chronic illnesses get get connected to like college athletic teams and things like that. There's a there's a kid by the name of Tabor Witt. Um he uh you know he he basically became affiliated with with the with the Kansas football program um they basically go through you know like a mock signing and he becomes an, a a a quote unquote official member of the team um Kansas went all out on this today they you know they they put out a bio that was you know as if he was you know an actual recruit actually signing and going to be playing um, you know, it has it has the stats just like everyone else. They put up the uh, the the little video clips that they do for all the signees, the welcoming them to the university and everything like that. Just a you know, the full press as if he was actually part of this. it. It was it was really really cool to see. Yeah. Um, yeah. From uh, from the bio, you know, it talks about he's a he's a four foot ten, seventy eight pound. I think it's there, seventy one pound wide receiver. Um, which was which I thought was absolutely hilarious, talking about how he 's a five star recruit you know from all of the different rating services and he he, he picked Kansas over every other school in the country, so it <laughs> yeah, was so it well. was was absolutely hilarious to see um you know regardless of what you feel about the on field product you know it it is good to see you know and, and I really do like David Beatty because of this kind of stuff, and, and i 'm not saying that he 's the only guy that would do this sort of thing, but um you know definitely kind of keeping keeping that um good perspective on what really matters in life. And and obviously, you know, we get upset talking about the on field product, but um, you know, you, you you can't really go wrong from a moral standpoint or from a from a, you know, feel good standpoint of of having a guy like David Beatty leading the program. I just I just wish he was a little bit more effective with the X's and O's. But yeah. Uh, you know.
0: Good, yeah. yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, you know,
1: I mean I, I will I will always be appreciative of what David Beatty was trying to do and you know, kind of the, the high standards he holds himself in the program to. Um but, you know, hopefully something turns around soon or we are finally able to move on to someone that potentially could get us a little bit more success. But uh I, I definitely applaud Kansas for being part of that of that uh go team impact uh effort. And, you know, it'll, it'll be funny, fun, fun to see the other ways that they get Tabor involved throughout the year. So, um, all right. Any, any other final thoughts on, on the football team or the recruiting class or anything like that before we wrap up?
0: Uh, no, I think we uh I think we covered what we wanted to cover.
1: All right, so that sounds good. Just a just a quick note for those of you guys that are paying attention. This wasn't National Signing Day just for football. Um a bunch of retweets coming across as we were doing this uh for the for the KU soccer team as well. They had their signing day today. There's a bunch of different people I don't, you know, don't know enough about any of these people to really feel like we could really talk about it too much, but um for those of you that are in, that are interested in soccer, Kansas had a decent year. Last year, not, not quite as good as we were hoping for, but good enough that, you know, they're, they're definitely worth paying attention to. For, for those of you that are interested, um, you, you can look up the Kansas soccer Twitter um, or just on Rock Chalk Talk. We we ended up retweeting most of those those tweets. so You can learn a little bit about the incoming class there. Um, and, and and hopefully we can get ex- excited about about the uh, European football as much as you. I know you don't like to talk about that, Mike. So, <laughs> but, but all right, all right. Well, we will go ahead and leave it there at that point. Uh, thank you to everybody that that went ahead and sent in questions, Mike. Thank you for joining me um, today. I, I wish we had a little bit better news to talk about with the football team, but. Um, you know, hope, hope, hopefully we get into the fall and, and we can actually find something positive to talk about at some point. So um, Yeah, let's
0: go get that upset win over Nickel State. Exactly,
1: upset win over Nickel State, and then we can just keep <laughs> upsetting all the way, you know. May, maybe we yeah. need to do another one of those videos that SB Nation takes way too seriously of why Kansas will win the national championship this year, right? Because that went over <laughs> yeah. so well last year. Right. <laughs> Oh, boy. All right. Well, well, we'll go ahead and leave that there. Um, again, as, as always, you guys can can follow us uh, on, on Twitter at rock Talk. talk. Um, you know, on the site, obviously, rock dot rocktalktalkcom You can email us at rctsbn at gmail.com. You, you can uh, talk with me or Mike directly on Twitter or on the site. Um, you know, we... As much as we, as painful as it is to talk about KU football, we still do care enough about the program that we like to talk about it. And, um, you know, we we always want to hear your guys' ideas on what needs to be done or what we think realistically can be done. So go ahead and keep sending those through. So, uh, all right. Thanks. Thanks again, guys, for listening. And we will catch you next time on the Rock Chalk Talk podcast.